Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Would you guys stand with me? Praise the Lord. Are you guys free? Yes. Welcome. We are glad that you're here this morning. Well, you have no idea how elated we are to see your beautiful faces. Thank you so much for tuning in wherever you're at. Thank you for streaming. Can we give our guys who are streaming a hand? Praise the Lord. Who knows? They could be in a different state, a different nation. We're glad that you guys are here. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Amen. Father, our hearts are bowed to you. Thank you so, so much for what you've done. God, speak to our hearts and change us, God. We're elated to be in your presence, God, that our hearts would be open for what you have to say. In your name we pray. Everybody says amen. amen. Go ahead and wave at your neighbor as you sit down. Like I said, we are absolutely glad that you are here. I'm going to take you for a little, little map ride here for a second, the journey that we're going to go on. I'm going to share a couple things with you. And then we're going to talk about Daniel today. I'm going to save scripture for just a little bit later here as I present to you what I have, what I felt like the God has laid on my heart. And uh, that will come just a little bit later, but I want to take us through um, some things first. So I want to speak from Daniel. Um, of course, we're on our um, wanted, uncommon Christianity. How many people know, right, you and your kids and your grandkids, we don't need to be normal, amen? Yeah, normal's overrated. Yeah, we don't want to be common, maybe normal, but not common, right? We want to be extraordinary, and through Scripture, we read about that. Of course, today, we're going to land on Daniel. Now, we know that as, as we are God's kids, He desires for us not to be normal. He didn't die for common, amen? He died for extraordinary, uncommon. And as we look through Scripture, we believe that we see God hunting for those type of people, we see, that we, uh, we see the 12, and then we know Peter, James, and John. Out of the 12 were the three. And then, of course, you have the 12 out of the 120, and then the 120 in the room. And then the church multiplied and, and grew, and they um, then uh, began to walk the same line. But we see that God is looking for some uncommon people, some people who's willing to go to that next level. And last week, we spoke about that a little bit, asking, knocking, and seeking. Amen? We're not going to stop until we hear the voice of God. And that's what he wants from his children today because he's got wonderful things. How many in here believe that he has wonderful things in store for us? Amen? Yeah, the best is not behind us. The best is in front of us. Amen? But we've got to be willing to take it. We've got to be willing that our hearts and our minds are open for God to speak to us for what he has for us. And that's what this whole series is about. Amen? More souls to be saved, greater church, more impact on the community, marriages, and kids that have a future. And we love being a part of that. Amen? Amen. All right, I quit saying amen. But I'm... Let it be unto me. That's what I'll say. Let it be unto me. No, I was uh, doing a little bit of uh, study, and I found a guy that is the, he, he's considered the greatest Roman Greco wrestler of all time. This guy is a Russian. He stands six foot three, 287 pounds. He's just a man. Um, his, weight, his weight as a baby was 12 pounds. Could you imagine a 12-pound baby? That's giving birth to a bowling ball. My goodness, you know. That dude, that dude was, but at, listen to this, at age 13, he walks in, he's 5'10", 174 pounds. I mean, he means business. He was one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. He wrestled under the Russian flag during the Olympics, and he wrestled under three different um, teams. He was very sought after and wanted. He had, he had some stuff that people wanted. Some, some people wanted him on his team. He won the Olympics in 88, 92, and 96. He had nicknames such as the Russian Bear, Russian King Kong, Alexander the Great, and the Experiment. 
It's very interesting that they gave him the name, nickname The Experiment because they just didn't believe a guy could be that big and that good without some kind of help. But that's kind of like the world. You find a little bit of success. There's no way that you were able to do that, right? No, we can do that. We've got to work hard. During his career, he broke his leg. He broke his arm twice. He had, he had broken ribs 13 different times. He bit his tongue, in which he has um, a speech impediment from that. He had, as recorded, one major concussion. Of course, this was back in the late 80s, early 90s. Those guys didn't even know what concussions were, amen. <laughs> I bet he had more than one being a wrestler. But here was this guy that people saw. He walked in a room, and people, people noticed him. People said there's something uncommon about him. He only lost two times in his professional career, each by one point. And the last time he lost where he lost the 2000 Olympics to an American by one point. The American that was going into the wrestling match with him, he knew what he was getting into. Six years previous, so 94 to 2000, nobody had even scored a point on him. So you can imagine what the American was going into. But the American winds up pinning him or, or winds up beating him by points, that type of thing. But here's a guy only lost twice in his entire life. And this is what he said. This is what Alexander Carolyn said. He said, no one can completely believe that I am natural. The most important drug is, not, is to train like a madman, really like a madman. The people who accuse me are those who have never trained once in their life like I've trained every day of my life. I thought, I can certainly agree with that, amen? People look up and, well, you must have done this or must have done that. No, hop in the training ring with us. <laughs> if you want to get a dose of what we do or who we are, jump in here with us. And that's what Alexander Carolyn was saying. But he had something different about him. He had something that was uncommon, that was sought out, that was wanted. And that's what we're going to talk about with Daniel today. We're going to look at the prayer life of Daniel. We're going to look in chapter 2, verses 20 through 23. And what we're going to do is read that prayer together here in a bit. Then I'm going to dissect that prayer. And we're going to use that prayer as characteristics. And we're going to extract the rubies from that about characteristics that we can set up in our life. Here Daniel is a captive in the Babylonian Empire. He and three others have been chosen. There was many youths that were chosen, but the four, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we'll get to their and their Hebrew names here in a second, but they begin to rise to the top. The empire was led by the king Nebuchadnezzar. Um, he had taken the Israelites, including Daniel, captive. But they had made an assumption about Daniel. See, they thought because they took his physical body captive that they could take his mind captive too. How many of you know, as we sang this morning, that we have freedom in Jesus Christ? Amen? Yeah, yeah. It says take every thought captive, right? And that's to us, that we can take our thoughts captive. We can subject our body to what we need to subject to. And here Daniel embodies that. He shows characteristics of, of this uncommon behavior, this uncommon Christianity. And we will talk about that shortly. And today in our world, though, many people make the same common mistake about us as Christians... They think because we're in a culture that is losing the moral ground that we have to as well. And we don't have to, amen? No, we do not have to. We have the power to say no. We have the power to not include ourselves. We have the power to pray, to honor God, to seek His face and fast, amen? And we have that power, and that's what Daniel teaches us here. Now, if we are going to be uncommon, if we're going to be set apart, there's a couple things I'd like to share for you, share with you. What can we expect? Well, if we're to be uncommon, uncommon Christians, we can expect to be separated. 
for you note takers, we can, be, we can expect to be separated. Many times, if we're separated, we feel like the odd duck out. We feel like we're doing something wrong, like we haven't done what we've needed to do. And many times, that's not true. We have taken stance and had values and morals in place and saying, we're not going to participate in that. And naturally, it begins to separate us. We can be separated by people in the story of Daniel. Many of you are familiar with in that story, he is brought into captivity along with other Israelites and he then is separated with youths and then he's even separated from that bunch with with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And that's what happens to us as we press into uncommon, as we press into that territory that God has designed for us. What we find out is we begin to be separated, but not only separated by people, but we also become separated by God. Each one of us has a unique ability and a unique talent that he has given us, and that will separate us, and that's okay as long as we're taking that ability, as long as we're taking what God has given it and using it for his glory, like a big giant neon sign pointing back to Jesus Christ. What else can we expect? We can expect to be labeled. We can expect to be labeled. These Israelites that were held captives, that's what their label was given by men, is they're captives. They're the Israelites. They begin to push labels upon them. But as we learned this morning through our song, and many of you know the song as well, I know the Son has set me free, and I am free indeed. So my label is freedom. My label is I can run in Christ and go as far as I want to. Anybody else? But God has given us labels, but we can expect to get labels. Now, this can be very dangerous because as we become what many would consider more conservative, We begin to push ourselves away from some of the table and some of the stuff and saying we are not going to partake of that. We can be called radicals. We can be called fanatics. We can be called these terms. And those are very dangerous because they're always linked to other religions where people who are called fanatics and radicals harm and danger do things like that. But as Christians, we're not. We're trying to bring in the love of Christ. But you can expect to be labeled, but we can also expect to be labeled from God. I think that's one of the great things that our culture suffers with today. And if you're one of those that say, Matt, man, I have some personal damage from people just throwing labels on me, saying I'm not good enough and I can't be where, what I need to be. Maybe you have some sort of disability, whether it be learning or physical. Maybe you've made a mistake in your past and you feel those labels. I just quickly want to say, I want you to go back and listen to our podcast number 45, The Liability of Labels. Pastor Mike does a great job of giving us the ammunition to be able to take those off of our life and walk in what God has given us. But we can expect to be labeled. What else can we expect? Well, now that we've got some of that hard stuff out of the way, some of that negative stuff, what we can expect as we become the uncommon Christian, as we press into that, we can expect to be provided for. This is very exciting. We can expect to be provided for. Now, Daniel was provided for. He was separated and selected out of the, out of the use, and he was given um, the palace, uh, not the run of the palace, but he was provided with food and everything that he needs and literature and people that would teach him and encourage him. And we can expect that too, that as we push into this uncommon um, territory that God has uniquely designed us for. We can expect provision. Sometimes provision will come through man. We don't need to look a gift horse in the mouth. Have you guys ever heard that statement? That was something I was taught when I was very young. Whenever somebody gives you a gift, never act like it's not good enough. You smile it and you take it and you're just grateful for it. It doesn't matter if it's an old dirty pair of shoes you could never wear in your life. 
You do it with a smile because you don't know the sacrifice that was put into that. But God has a way of providing for us. Now he provided through the king that he was added. Also, we know that uh, we'll have provision from God. Now, this is really exciting knowing that God will provide for us because he's going to put us in situations where it's only his provision that will get us out of it. And that's what we're going to learn about Daniel today. We know that Daniel was in a spot. Daniel was in a spot where he had to hear from God. His back was up against the wall. If God didn't come through, he was not going to make it. It wasn't even him who got him in that spot. It was a bunch of liars and magistrates and different people like that. But God came through for Daniel so we can expect that provision. And only, only a way that God can do it but are we willing to press into that uncommon territory that territory where God wants us so he can reveal some of the deep mysteries that he has for us so we ask why why would I choose Daniel's prayer well this is the last bit here before we get to scripture not to make it too complicated but really prayer is important to Christians if you're taking notes prayer is important to Christians that's something that we can't just say we have to live by we have to take time and set it aside and go after God not just whenever we're distracted sometimes we have many distracted prayer meetings you guys know what I'm talking about you know oh I prayed I was I was doing my makeup while I was driving in the car pushing in a CD or flipping through my phone or I, I was praying yesterday while I was watching a football game really Really, probably not too intense. <laughs> and here we learn, though, that a, a prayer life is very, very, very important. A prayer life, and this is something that we're going to learn from Daniel's prayer today, is a prayer life reflects a person's life. A prayer life reflects a person's life. I would encourage you to journal. I would encourage you to reflect back on your prayer life. Whenever you set that time aside and you go before God, what do you pray about? What are you asking him? If you go back through your prayer life and you see petition, 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 asking, 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 and that's all you see, I bet you can correspond that with your own life, and we're probably wading into some selfishness. If we go to him and all we're doing is praising him and worshiping him and lifting up his name, which is very important in prayer, and that's all we do, then we wonder why things aren't happening around our life. Well, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. So maybe if some doors aren't opening like we should, go back to our prayer life and saying, first of all, God, am I where you need to be? Number two, am I asking? Because you're going to provide for me. But our prayer life many times reflects our personal life. And we can look at our prayer life and say, am I doing what I do in prayer? What I'm asking for, what I'm seeking for, God, what I'm knocking for, is there some sort of reflection of that in my physical everyday life? And then the third thing that prayer does is it provides clarity. It provides clarity. Many times I'm in prayer, and I know that you guys are too, and God will begin to speak to me about something. Maybe he'll begin to speak to me about salvation. Maybe he'll begin to speak to me uh, about something that I need to get out of my life, something that maybe has gotten too much of my time, or maybe something that I've done. Maybe there's some sin that I haven't dealt with. I haven't let light shine all the way through my life, and God begins to speak to me about that. Well, I know in that he speaks very uniquely to each one of us. We know his voice. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. And I know when I'm walking in everyday life and God begins to speak to me because to walk in uncommon territory, that means I've got to go to some places I've never been. I've got to be around some people that I've never been around. I've got to be in some situations that maybe I would never see myself and even question why in the world am I here. But if I have that prayer life where I can go back and that spirit of God resides in me and begins to speak to me and I can think back and say, oh yeah, I know what he's trying to do right now. I remember back in my prayer time when I felt the same way and this is what happened. Because it brings clarity in situations in our life. 
We cannot do it alone. And that prayer life, obviously, is our conversation between us and the Lord. The Bible teaches us to pray without ceasing. Well, what is it saying? Well, it's saying to have a relationship without ceasing. It's saying, God, I'm going to communicate with you. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to petition you. But at the same time, I'm going to let you speak into my life because prayer brings clarity. So as we look at the life of of Daniel, we can see that he was separated. Well, there's some things that we can see that he expected. He was labeled, but he was provided for. And as we look at his prayer life, we know that it, it corresponds with his daily life. If you would, open up your Bibles or look back on the screen to Daniel 2, 20 through 23. Now, to catch you up as you turn there, he had, he had, uh, Nebuchadnezzar had just had a dream that he could not interpret. He called all of his soothsayers and magistrates and all these different guys together, these spiritual leaders, quote-unquote, of the time of the Babylonian Empire. And he said, I don't want you just to interpret my dream. I want you to tell me the dream that I had. Well, there was none of them that could do it, and they were scared. They said, only, only gods could do this. There's no man that can do this. Well... As they went out, and he said, if you, don't, if you don't find an answer to this, I'm going to kill every one of you. And as he, he's going out to kill everybody, they come to Daniel. And they're about to kill Daniel. Daniel says, whoa, wait a second, what's going on here? And they said, they told him the story. The king had a dream, he needs it interpreted, but he also needs to know the dream. And Daniel said, let me go pray about it. Daniel goes and prays about it for a, a, a lauded amount of time, and then God reveals the dream to him. And after God reveals the dream, this is the prayer that Daniel prays to God. Daniel 2, 20 through 23. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals the deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells within him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and mind, and now, and have made known to me what, what we've asked of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. And here he is praying back to God and saying, thank you for answering this. And as I began to look at this prayer, I began to extract characteristics of an uncommon believer, of somebody who's willing to go where other people are not willing to go. It took a man to stand up and say, listen, I think God will give me the answer. Let me have time to go pray. But his back was up against the wall. He was in a situation where only God could provide for him. The first characteristic as I read this prayer, I see the favor of God. The favor of God. For you guys who are taking notes, the favor of God. This is something that we have to long for, that we have to desire, that we have to seek God's face after. And not that we may be exalted, but the name of the Lord may be exalted. We have to ask for the favor. Here in verse 20, it said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. you got to love Daniel. He just comes out and he puts God right there at center stage. First thing he says is, I know this came from you. I bless your name, not just tomorrow or the next day, but God, I bless your name forever and ever and ever. And I know in my life, I want to have that same mindset. God, I don't want to just bless you today for what you've done today, but God, I know you've got good things in the future for me, so I'm going to bless you then and my generations and the next generations because I believe that you're a God who is good forever and ever. But we got to be willing to put God where he goes. Chapter 1 and verse 9, Daniel says, And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. Verse 17, chapter 1, it says, As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill and literature and wisdom, 
And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Then we read again in verse 19. It says, And the king spoke with them, and among all of them none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, which were the Hebrew names of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, God gave him all of this, but I believe it was a complete reflection of his personal private prayer life. He had the favor of God, not just to do the things of the Lord. He was put in a position where he had to learn about the Babylonian um, literature and the Babylonian gods and these things that he didn't like. It's one thing to gain knowledge. It's another thing to buy in. Amen? And Daniel was not going to buy in. He said, no, I will be here and I will learn and I will try to do the best that I can. But I know that it's God's favor who has gotten me, who has gotten me where I'm at. And how does that apply to our lives? Well, favor opens doors for us, for sure. We still have to do something, though. In our culture, so many people I see get favor mixed up with free. (laughs) Just because it's free doesn't mean it's favor. (laughs) But we get that mixed up sometimes. And here Daniel shoots that argument down. He shows us that that's not correct. God opens a door for Daniel to have an audience with the king to have an audience with the chief commander. I mean, these are high-ranking people in the Babylonian empire. And God gave him that audience through the door of favor. But it was Daniel who had to actually walk through that door, then do something when he got there. He had to go back and pray. He had to go back and seek the face of God. He had to try to learn. The favor is not just this mystical thing that floats around, that I just wake up one morning and boom, I'm in it. No, I grow into it. Amen? Anybody else? We grow into it and we seek it and we say, God, I want to walk through those doors that you have for me. But I know it's not about me, it's about you. He has the audience. This is what I also know about favor according to scripture here. We, we see that favor creates compassion. Favor creates compassion. Here in the scripture we just read that it was compassion in favor. Sometimes results of favor are not tangible. Here David, Daniel needed the favor of God. Nebuchadnezzar was one of those hot-headed guys. Anybody know any hot-headed people? He was always, if you read scripture, Nebuchadnezzar was always ready to cut somebody's head off or throw them into the lion's den, throw them into the fiery furnace. Even when God would show up and do something amazing, he wanted to kill everybody else he wasn't. I mean, it was, it, was, it was crazy. But that's just the type of guy he was. And Daniel had to have the favor of God. He had to have the compassion of these men. He had to look down on him and say, okay, I want to do what you say. When he was talking to his commander, and he said, listen, I do not want to defile myself with this food. I do not want to do that. That commander had compassion on him and saw that it was very real what he was trying to do. And he said, okay. Now, that's very serious for the commander because he told this to Daniel. He said, Daniel, you do realize that this could get my head cut off, right? You do realize this could not turn out very good for me at all. So why do it? Well, the favor of God and the compassion of God. And in our lives, we have to have the same thing. We have to begin to say people, as people are in our lives, that they will listen to us. And that's what they did. So he listened to them. That's what favor does. Favor gives you that audience, and it gives you that opportunity to begin to speak. And the commander, of course, did what he said in that scenario. He said, I don't want to eat this food, but if you'll let me eat this food, which is vegetables and waters, I believe that it would be better for our body. And he gave him ten days. And that commander was willing to put himself, put his head on the chopping block for a captive. Why? Because of the favor of God. He had compassion. 
And if we're going to stay in that uncommon place that God has for us, if we're going to be in, in, in that Christianity that God wants, we have to have the favor of God in our life. We have to be willing to walk through those doors that favor will, uh, will open, and we have to be willing to say, God, once I get on the other side, it's not me who has got me here, but it's you. So whatever you ask me to do, I'm going to do it with compassion. Because compassion is such a great tool. Whenever Jesus would walk into cities, it says, A, that he was moved with compassion, and then he healed them all. Compassion is something that will allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. Amen? It really will. The next thing that I notice here is brains and brawn. Now go with me here for a second, okay? Daniel understood brains and brawn. Have you ever met one of those guys or one of those gals that is the greatest people in the whole world? But all they do is they're like a battering ram. It doesn't matter what they hit, they go take it down full steam. You know, you think sometimes, do you ever think about it? I coached a kid in football, and I would talk to him and say, you can run around people on occasion. You have the speed. You don't just have to run over them every single time. That wears your body down. He just kind of looked at me, didn't really say much, and just kept running over people, you know. I was like, dude, if you just run around them, you can get another 20 yards. Well, Daniel understood that concept. He understood that there's brains and there's brawn. There's at times that I need to think, and then there's times that I have to put my nose to the grindstone, and I have to say, God, I want to quit. I want to stop. I don't want to show up, but you've spoken to me, so I'm going to keep doing it. Verse 20, to whom belong wisdom and might. As he's praying to God, he says, listen, wisdom and might. Verse 21, in the latter part, he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. In the middle of verse 23 in his prayer, he says, For you have given me wisdom and might. Daniel 1 and 17, it says, As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill and all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding and all visions and dreams. Well, let's not forget what they had to do. They had to hold tight to what God had said to do. They had to have some might. I've never eaten vegetables for 10 days in a row, much less three years. Has anybody? My goodness. I'm not a vegetarian. I'm a meat eater. I'm a carnivore. And here Daniel didn't just say this would be good, but he committed himself to it. That takes a lot of work to do. That takes a lot of work to do to go in and see the food every day and know that you have chosen not to partake of it. Going in and knowing that you could take shortcuts. You could take things in your life that maybe nobody would notice. And Daniel said, no, I'm not going to do that. But where did he draw his might and his strength from? It had to come from the Lord. He was in a situation where the Lord had to provide him the way. Then he had to be wise. We understand that Daniel went in there and he could debate with the best of them and talk with the best of them and speak and visit. Here he was a captive and goes into the court of a king and yet is able to relay and articulate what God has shown him in the vision and do it in a way that's honorable not only to God but honorable to the king. Those are a great set of skills and you have to have wisdom and understanding that doesn't come from us. See, God will give us an audience for people that maybe we don't think we should have an audience with. But we have to be willing to say, God, I'm going to be uncommon. I'm going to do some things. I was thinking about a young farmer and an old farmer. Really, what's the difference? Both of them get on their tractors and they go till the land and they plant the seed. They do everything that's necessary to be able to have their crop grow up. And I don't, I don't know that much about farming. But as I was thinking, what is the difference between a young farmer and an old farmer? And I would have to say wisdom. Because you can plant the right seed at the wrong time, and it won't grow. You can plant the right seed in the wrong place, and it won't grow. There are several things that you can do right, but if you do it wrong, then it's wrong still. 
But here we know that a skilled farmer, a farmer with understanding and wisdom, knows where to plant the seed, how to plant the seed, and when to plant the seed. And here we see that with Daniel, that it's not just enough to go out there and till the soil and continue to treat yourself like a battering ram, so to speak. We all do that at times. God, I'm going to keep pounding and keep pounding. But sometimes we've got to step back and say, God, what are you speaking to me? Give me the wisdom and the knowledge to handle this situation in my life. Because I want the crop that matters. I want it to spring up and be fruitful. And Daniel, Daniel understood that. In those times that I know he had to use his brain, maybe he was thinking, what in the world am I doing? But God said, no, do this. I'm going to give you some wisdom and understanding. The next thing that I see here is I see an unwilling to compromise the values of God. In his prayer, as I read his prayer, I see that he is unwilling to compromise the values of God. So he sought the favor. He understands that he has to use wisdom and understanding. There's strength involved in this. That uncommon characteristic of not compromising the values of God. Let's read verses 21 and 22 quickly. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kingdoms. He reveals the deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. Matt, how do you get that out of that? Well, for me, as I look at that, he takes all my excuses away. Sometimes I want to look and say, God, I have every reason to compromise because this, 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 and this has changed. But Daniel here takes all that away. He says, listen, God is in charge of the changes. He knows what's going on. Even the times and the seasons, the kings, he sets them all up. We have to believe in him. Chapter, chapter 1, verse 8. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food and with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs not to allow him to defile himself. He was unwilling to compromise the values of God. He was saying, listen, I know what to do, and I know to do it right, and I'm going to try everything that I possibly can to do it and to do it right. I know in my life sometimes I look at all the many excuses that I could make. I could say, well, this didn't really happen like I wanted to, so maybe I need to do this, or maybe I need to do that. And those are all excuses that will actually make us much, much weaker. Making up our minds to say, God, I'm going to choose in the biblical values. What you speak to me, what I learn, God, I'm going to hold tight to them, and I will not back up from that. I will not say no to that. I'm not going to find ways to make excuses. I'm not going to ha look at those opportunities, and then I know that you'll support me when I make them. In chapter 2, in verse 30, but as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me. See, Daniel is in another situation where he can compromise his belief in God. He's speaking to the king after he reveals the, the dream. And he says, but as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because of any wisdom that I have more than all the living, but in order that the interpretation may be known to the king and that you may know the thoughts of your mind. Here, Daniel lived in a society. The Babylonian Empire was a pagan society. They wanted to take men and even Nebuchadnezzar to some degree and exalt them to gods. All Daniel had to say was, I came up with this on my own. Or even lend himself to think about that. But he even refused to do that. Now, if he said yes to that, he could gain the whole Babylonian Empire. If he exalted himself as a god, that's what would have happened. Because where did Nebuchadnezzar go to first whenever he's trying to find answers? Mere men. 
So Daniel could have slipped in and said, hey, I'm going to tell you that this is from me. Now, Daniel would have lost everything that Christ had gotten him. God had gotten him up to that point, but he could have done that. Yet again, we see that he refuses to defile himself. He refuses to give, God, give anybody else but God the glory. And many times in our life, as God opens that door, as he gives us that audience, we will have to make that same decision because God wants to put us there. He wants to put us in that place. But we have to be unwilling to compromise our values of God. Now, remember, with that, though, comes what? Labels. With that comes labels. So we need to be ready for that and say, God, the only labels that I'm going to accept is what you give me. The final thing that I see in Daniel's life is he put such an importance on others. He realized that he needed a team. Verse 23, it says, To you, O God, my fathers. So he looks back and he goes, I know that there's been people that has gone before me. I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and might, and you have made known to me what we ask of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. What does he do? He doesn't just take all the credit. He knows he's not the only one in the show. He knows that it takes a team to get him where he's at. In Daniel 2 and 17 and 18, he says, Then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions. So whenever he selected to go back and pray, and he has permission to do that, he goes back. And the very first thing that he does is he goes to his three buddies and he says, Listen, you pray with me. I want you to pray as I'm going to the king. He realizes that he is not by himself. He wants to put an importance on others. And so many times in life, we feel like we have to do it alone. We're the only person. And part of that has to do with the labeling situation. But listen, God does not want us to be in that place. Daniel here, he went back and he said, listen, I want you to help me. And he told them, seek mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. He says, let's go pray on this together. Then we see in another spot that Daniel wants to begin to, to raise his friends up with him. After he interprets the dream, he says, listen, I, don't, I appreciate you calling me the prefect is what he got uh, promoted to. But he said, I want the other three to go with me and begin to have their rule and their reign. And he got it. He didn't forget it just because he got to a place that he, where he got there by favor. He got there by the audience. He did it under the name of the Lord and he did not forget others. Now, we have to be careful with that one because we cannot make favor. We cannot let favor make us a God in somebody's life. Because favor will open, us, open doors and get us to places and be things that we didn't think we could be. And we see that all over the countryside where that favor has opened up doors and people have become gods in people's life. But we have to be careful saying, no, I'm not going to fall into that. Daniel 3 and 17 and 18, it says, if, there be our God, if, if, if this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of the hands, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Now, let me give you a little bit of backstory. Of course, many of you know this. They're in front of the fiery furnace, so to speak. If you do not bow to this golden image that Nebuchadnezzar has built, and this is the three Hebrew children, then you're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And they say this. They say that we will not be bow, but let it be known that our God we will serve either way. I think back to what Daniel had said at the very beginning when he went to the commander. And what did he say? I do not want to defile myself. How can you help me? And that commander showed compassion on him and let him eat the way that he needed to eat. 
Don't you think that the three Hebrew children saw that? And Daniel was into taking people up to the mountain with him. And he took them up to the mountain. And then when it was their turn to stand before the fiery furnace. And all of us will have that opportunity. All of us will be in that situation where we will stand before the fiery furnace. Where we will stand in the lion's den. Where we will stand before a king. And we'll have to make up our mind. Do I defile God? Or do I honor God? And these three Hebrews children learned it from where? They learned it from Daniel. Why? Because Daniel had an incredible sense of the importance of others in our life. And we must too have that. We must look at others and say, listen, I don't want to get there alone. I want you to be with me. And we notice that labels fall off of that. We notice that first that they're just Hebrew children selected. They were called the sons of Israel. Go to the royal family. Go get some of the nobles of the Jewish. Go get these youths so we can, we can indoctrinate them. That sounds familiar. Go get these youths so we can indoctrinate them and, and show them whenever they change their name, they change their name to really pagan gods of the Babylonian empire is what happened. And they were trying to indoctrinate them in all these things. But as they begin to commit their life to cry uh, to God and say, listen, we will not give up the values. We will continue to do what you say to do, God. What happens next? The labels begin to change. All of a sudden, they're called servants of the Most High God. King looks at Daniel as he throws himself on the ground and said, surely God is God of gods and Lord of all kings. What happened? The tables begin to shift. This uncommon Christian began to rise and begin to do things for the kingdom of God. Begin to say, listen, I am not going to backpedal, but I will continually go forward. And we see in full circle that we see that God provided for him. That those labels fell off. That the separation was really just the beginning of a distinction. He said, listen, I've got something for your life that's different. And in all of our lives, we believe here at Ray Hope it's the same thing. We began this wanted series wanting everybody to understand that God has called us to a higher level. God has called us to a different position. Now, it's within our own unique talent. We shouldn't waste time on doing a bunch of things that we can't do. Amen? Don't do that. But you know what God's gifted you with, and you pursue it. And you ask God, how do I get to a deeper level? How do I do more for your kingdom? Because God wants that. He wants that uncommon Christianity in our lives. But we have to be willing to say, God, whatever it takes. We have to be willing to say, God, if I'm going to go to a place where only you can provide for me, that's where I want to go. And God wants to take us all there. Would you bow with me? We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.